welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Kathleen Hallisey here with my colleagues, Danny Vincent and Felina Grosvenor, talking about HJ Talks About Abuse. Just to give you guys a quick trigger warning, we do discuss things on this podcast that relate to sexual abuse and other topics that people might find a little bit difficult to do. So if those things might be a trigger for you, now's the time to turn us off and uh, go make yourself a cup of tea and relax and perhaps tune in another time. For everyone else, we look forward to having you on the podcast today. So today we're going to be talking about the Criminal Bar Association strike, which is a strike of barristers at the criminal bar. Yeah, thank you, Kathleen. So to understand what's happening at the moment, I think it's best to give a bit of background. So recently there was a report, an independent review of criminal legal aid. So for those who aren't too familiar, that's usually how a lot of criminal cases are funded. So when you're the person who's been accused. So an individual called Sir Christopher Bellamy, a QC, so Queen's Counsel, wrote that report and it was published in December 2021. And the report proposed, among obviously a lot of other things, an immediate funding uplift for criminal legal aid firms of at least 15%, and 15% being the absolute minimum necessary. And the same was proposed for advocates, so that's barristers and solicitors who speak in court. And it was largely felt that 15% was not actually sufficient, it was just the minimum. And the criminal bar has been struggling, and it's something that obviously we could speak about for quite some time. But just for those listening, just for some general background, the criminal bar has had a serious backlog from before COVID. COVID has then obviously caused a lot of court closures and a lot of delays, sadly, and things have just spiralled, to be frank. And so the criminal bar has been quite upset by the fact that the government hasn't implemented what the recommendation is. And although it has said that it will do the 15%, again, the minimum necessary, it will not actually be implemented quick enough. And so a media is really looking like two years from now. Yeah, thanks, Felina, for that and, and, and setting out what's going on here. I think it's important we put this into context for our listeners as it might seem like it's just some wealthy barristers and solicitors who are, are complaining about not being paid enough. But the reality is that they're actually making less than the average day rate of a plumber. So if I can just tell you guys a little bit about that. The legal aid rules set limits on fees for criminal barristers. So currently for 13 hours, a solicitor would earn around £250, which is an hourly rate of almost £20 an hour, far less than I think probably often what the general public thinks solicitors make. For barristers, that spent the day of work as the solicitor does, but also they do many more hours preparing cases in the evenings and weekends, preparing to do advocacy in the trials and hearings. So that would then put their hourly earnings even below the minimum wage. 
So in comparison, as I mentioned at the outset, the average day rate of a plumber is now around 350 pounds. Obviously, there will be regional differences in relation to that, but that's an average day rate of a plumber. So you can see in context, we're looking at people who do a very important job in our criminal justice system who are being paid very poorly for the work that they do. Yeah, that's right, Kathleen. I think there's actually been a lot on Twitter and other sources of real criminal defence barristers who are junior actually sharing their earnings because they really want to dispel this myth. And there's been quite a few reports to confirm that a junior criminal defence barrister who's just qualified, they're likely to earn around £12,000 per year. So as I've said, the government was slow to react to this report on legal aid. So the criminal bar were already on the back foot. So way before this strike has been announced, the government were not responding to the legal aid report. And so the criminal bar were already in talks to act. In March, the government announced that it would boost funding at the minimum level proposed. But as I've said, the uplift wouldn't actually be immediate. And so at this time, the criminal bar voted and in April decided to refuse to carry out return work. So return work, that means stepping in and picking up court hearings and other work for colleagues whose cases are overrunning. Yeah, so work that comes in at the last minute. So it's often described as a gesture of goodwill to prop up the justice system. So when a criminal barrister's initial case, as you said, Danny, is overrunning, then someone else jumps in, you know, has half an hour with the papers and does the job. So if we fast forward to now, the criminal barristers and the criminal bar association feel that the government are refusing legitimate demands for a fair settlement. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all appreciate how important the work criminal defence barristers do is. We obviously act on behalf of survivors, but what it means in terms of the strike by the criminal bar, by criminal defence barristers, is that our clients are also not getting justice or justice anytime soon, because from a logistical point of view, if there's no defence barrister to represent the accused in court, the abuser in court, then it means that the trial in the case is delayed. And so the victims and survivors are left waiting just as long as the accused is. Yes, Kathleen, I agree. A smooth running criminal justice system is going to be essential as it impacts every part of the process. You know, this is all a process that has to run, you know, one step after the other. The civil settlement also tends to be put on hold whilst we're waiting for cases to make it through the criminal courts, which is just going to have a significant impact and knock-on effect of that. We would never jeopardise a criminal investigation by pursuing a civil case for our clients at the wrong time. But we also have to be aware of the legal limits to bring civil claim. So the current position with the criminal barristers, as of, I believe it was the 20th of June, there was a ballot. And 81.5% of the voters and the winning option was to strike, I suppose is quite a strong term, but it was to do certain days of action. In practice, that means the defence barristers will refuse to work. Yeah, so no returns as before was cases that were already running, but this now includes taking on new cases as well as you know, existing cases. So realistically, that means judges will be forced to delay hearings and put back trials because there won't be anybody available to do the work. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, that's what's been going on for, you know, a couple of years already where defence barristers, because they're not 
able to do the work to a proper standard because they're not given the right wage and they've got too much time doing these returns and everything. There's been delayed hearings. There's been a backlog. There's been this because criminal barristers are leaving the profession because they don't feel that they can sustain it. And so that leaves, obviously, the existing criminal barristers left with a lot more to do. But that doesn't really help. It means that everything is still delayed. And as I've said, these issues existed before the pandemic. It came a lot down to closures of courts. But the pandemic obviously has exacerbated everything. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that we've really reached a breaking point here, which likely we might have reached in any event, but perhaps not in the same way the pandemic not happened. And I think we have to ask if we look forward, what does the future really look like for our clients? I mean, this could be very positive, as we said, if if the government engage and the matter can be resolved appropriately, then we will have a far better criminal justice system. This will make matters less stressful for our client and all involved, hopefully. Yeah, but obviously you have to take the negative with the positive. And in the meantime, before this can all get resolved, the backlog is only getting worse. So regardless of what happens now, it's going to take time and effort if things are going to level back out and if we can see the benefits in the future and if our clients can see the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thanks so much, Danny and Felina, for, for discussing this really important topic. I think, you know, it just shows how everything in the, in the justice system is connected, both the experience of the, of the survivor and the victim being used in one part of the system and then it impacts the other system, other part of the system, excuse me. And so, therefore, this is an issue that we really all need to, to care about and get on board with. So thank you, podcast listeners, for tuning in today. As always, if this topic has been interesting to you or has brought up any issues or concerns that you'd like to discuss, please do get in touch with us. And also, too, if you ever have any topics that you would like to see us discussing, please also get in touch to let us know about that. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.